I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 288. Okay, y'all. Right before we started recording, Colby and I were sitting in the living room doing our bonding time, a.k.a. watching TikTok sitting beside each other. Uh-huh. And his TikTok said something that I was like, wait, what? It said, where do hamsters live when they're not pets? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> no, I know, but I don't know. What the fuck does a live ham? I mean, not live, like in the wild, <laughs> like a, like a, like a feral hamster. Yes, it literally said that in the thing. Where do they live? Or are they only pets? They're only bred to be pets. I don't know. Y'all, this morning there was a snake in our work. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And a wasp. I was like, God dang. Freaking Crocodile Dundee, my coworker Corey, getting all this shit out of here. <laughs> Killed the wasp and got the snake out. Damn. Also, I don't know what's going on, but you're holding your mouth like when you have your white strips in. I don't. But did you see me looking? Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm feeling very extra dry mouth right now. I'm channeling oh, my inner you. To- <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I'm channeling my inner you. <laughs> Donna, I don't know if she's going some new medicine or something, but... Girl looks like she's holding cotton balls in her mouth. I feel like it. <laughs> My gum was bleeding the last time we recorded. I was like, are you, is your gum bleeding? Y'all know she's on blood thinners too. So like everything just bleeds on her. And so I was like, is your gum bleeding? And she was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. And then the next morning <laughs> it started doing it again. So I sent a picture. I was like, yeah, it was bleeding. Um, And by bleeding, she means her whole mouth was red. <laughs> I look like a hockey player. <laughs> like, legit, you look like you got punched in the mouth. <laughs> and it's just because it's dry. So I got to go to my dentist and be like, what can I get on? What's going on? Well, because- they, I saw all that over the counter swishy stuff. I know, but I want to know like. What Legit. to do? Yeah, because I can't do equate some stuff. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of blood thinners, I had to go get my INR checked, which is just to make sure my blood's thin enough, but not too thin. And uh, I met an older male version of me. Like he, <laughs> you know, they call you back to the lab like three at a time. You yeah. Know? Well, one girl went in front of me, and I sat down, and there's like three chairs that have like armrest one doesn't so I always sit in that one and uh he it's kind of like I guess in the middle there's one that he could like again have like one space in between us and he was like oh, I guess I'll sit here and I was like okay like good morning and he was like oh that traffic did you hit that traffic do you live around here oh my and like God. yeah just went going on I know he lives from a different county like the county he was telling me all about it he was telling me that he saw his nephew's wife in the waiting room. Okay. I, to, I, I wouldn't have cared to hear it the first time. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, okay. And, uh, like, I mean, it was fun, whatever. But he would also touch my arm oh, uh-uh. when he would talk Mm-mm. to me. And you know I don't like that, with, especially with strangers, especially with strange men. Like, Mm-mm. I just don't – I don't know. And – we st- we're still in the COVID era. You yes. can't just be touching people. Yeah, that's germy. Plus, we're getting our blood drawn. I no. Yes. Uh-uh. Uh, keep your hands to yourself and quit talking to me. I don't give a fuck about your story. <laughs> and then he 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 bamboozled me. He was like, "Me and my wife used to get our stuff together. Like we would be able to go to the doctor together and all of that." So I was like, "Oh my god, this man's wife has died." Yeah, like how sad you know like he's got to do this all by himself 
And he was like, I mean, like, mine is today. Hers will be like three months from now. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It's a minor inconvenience. But it was just so funny. I was like, oh, my God. He is me. I is him. Like, oh, my God. That literally sounds like my personal hell. Oh, God, I hate talking to people in waiting rooms. (laughs) Like, I don't actually care. Like, I don't need to know your story. He was, he was nice. And I do like talking, but it was before work. I was just anxious if I was going to make it on time, even though I knew I was. It's just, if you're, if I'm not in my seat before work starts, I'm nervous. I'm Colby on that aspect. You, you're like leaving your house and you're like, I got 10 minutes. It takes me 30. No big deal. I have gotten a lot better. Yeah, you really have. So, you know how we told y'all that we put up our inside Halloween decorations? But this past Sunday, Donna and I, we went to lunch and we were like, we're going to find our spirit Halloween store because it is like, everybody says, tells me where it is. It's in the mall, in the old Sears. It says it on Google. But I have driven by that thing like three times and it ain't fucking there. Well, Donna and I drive by it and finally they had a sign and it opens like, They've opened yesterday, it, or maybe it's next week. Anyway, it's opening soon, so we haven't even been able to go to Spirit Halloween yet. However, my sister, Casey, got this cute little Hocus Pocus blow-up for outside. Yes, y'all, I love blow-ups. Just, it is what it is. And Crocs <laughs> are my house shoes. I am who I am. <laughs> Crocs and socks. Well, yes, gross. It's my house shoes. It's this cute little blow up and it's, you know, the Sanderson sisters and they're standing around a headstone and they had it on sale for $89. And y'all, I know that's a lot of money, but it's a blow up for $89. And it's a kind of big one. It's like five foot by five foot ish because online we got it at Walmart. Did I say that? They had it with them standing around a cauldron and it was for like 150 And then she said that they had the same one at like Home Depot or Lowe's or somewhere like that for 150 So I was like, oh, I'm getting this. And she was like, you better go. I got the last one at my Walmart. So I was like, okay, Donna, we hate going in there. Colby and I had been just debating on whether we wanted to sign up for Walmart Plus or not, but they got the sign and go like we do at Sam's. So I was like, I'll just sign up for Walmart Plus before we go in so we don't have to stand in line. We could just run in and run out. <laughs> and you get like a free trial, all the things. So sign up for Walmart Plus. We go in and I bloop, scan it. I got to try to pay. You still have to stand in the self-checkout line and scan a fucking QR code to finish paying before you can leave. I'm like, this defeats the entire purpose of Scan and Go. Yeah. And the self-checkout lines were fucking long. Oh, and the the Walmart in our town... The fucking self-checkout line is usually longer than the regular. Like, I'm talking, like, ten people deep for a self-checkout line. I'm like, I might as well just fucking not pay for the Walmart Plus and just stand in the fucking self-checkout line. Yeah. They got to get that shit more like Sam's and then I'll stay on, but uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. I was so pissed. I was like, you mean to tell me I got to stand in this damn line, but I'm super excited. (laughs) (laughs) Let's end it on a positive note. Yes, I am ready to put those girls up. And I was looking at all the other blowouts. I was like, oh, I have that one. I got one kind of like that. Okay. Y'all, I don't even remember what blowups I have. Like, I do not even remember all the Halloween decorations I have for outside. So it's going to be like fucking Christmas morning when I open up all these totes. Because <laughs> I remember we bought some last year. But then I'm like, 
were those Christmas ones we bought? Do we have? Because I remember getting the Grinch and the dog. Uh-huh. So I don't fucking know. But that shit's going up this weekend. So I'm super excited about that. But I'm also super excited about Patreoners. Thank you so much, Bree W. from Mississippi. Misha M. from Ohio. Shelby S. from Georgia. Amber V. from Mississippi. And Jeanette M. from Canada. And if you want to be as excited as I am, and they are, and get all the bonus good good that they're getting on Patreon every single week, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Colby and I went to a Southern Miss football game, which is like our local university here. That was a long fucking walk. (laughs) I was so fucking tired. Okay. So, you know, you got to schlep across the whole damn campus to get to the freaking stadium from the parking spot. And then we were on the upper deck. So you had to walk around the roundy, 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 roundy thing. Poor Colby. I told him, I was like, okay, I think this is, because Colby's only been to one game ever in this stadium. And so I was like, okay, I think this is the last one because you could see the little light of day. And then we rounded the corner and there was another piece of ramp. He goes, you lied. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) While y'all were doing all that walking, I was walking to lunch with a listener. That's true. So we stop and get some food and drink from the little concession stand. Then you have to walk up a whole nother flight of steps just to get to the part to walk up to your seat, which was another 11 like rows up. And y'all know I got the bad ankles, right? So steps and stuff make me nervous, especially these steps were like super narrow. And so I was like holding my hamburger and I was holding my drink. (laughs) I I had Colby's, why did I have his, I had his uh, sausage dog too for some reason. And I was like, I like freaked out and just stopped. I was like, I need a hand to hold on the rail. So I had my little clear bag with our ponchos in it just in case. And I like put the hamburger and the sausage dog in there and zipped it up. And I was like, okay, because I had to hold on. I could not walk up those steps. I was like, I'm 175. Or me at the theater because that was me. I had me and Tiffany's drink. And I was just like, and I, because, (laughs) sorry, Tiff, about your Sprite, but I'm about to fall and I can't afford to go to the doctor. So, (laughs) man, I, I was like, damn, I'm out of shape. That's also what I said, but then I stuffed my face with buttered popcorn. I had a hamburger. Could have ate about four of those. I, I love a concession stand hamburger. Me too. And a pickle. And cotton candy. They got cotton candy? Yeah, but like the package already, not the, let me swirl it while you're standing there. Oh. Oh, also, I don't know who was taking bets how long I would be at this new job before I gave TMI to my coworkers. No one. We knew it would be three minutes. Because, <laughs> yeah, this week I did. Uh, they know I have butt plugs. Uh, Donna, how in the fuck? <laughs> what and, is it? Uh, NSFW, not safe for work. <laughs> and they know I like to be spanked. So there's that. How the fuck did that come up? <laughs> it was the girls in like a private, not private. It was just we were the only ones in the Skype and or Zoom or whatever the fuck it is, Zoom. Meanwhile, that's probably recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, don't know, I, I just made myself laugh so hard at that. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about Tinder and then it just went into it because we were like, who's single, who's not, blah, 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 blah. Tell everybody about meeting Brennan. Okay, so Tiffany and I, because Carrie was doing her sports ball thing, 
we went and we went to our, you know, our favorite place, Sully's shout out, sponsor us, please. But we went there and we met Brennan and his boo and we had the best time. Just like, it felt like we had known each other forever, you know? He's, he's a listener, by the way, just in case you're all like, who the fuck is Brennan? Oh, yeah. He's in the Creepinati and stuff. And he, sadly, it was for a funeral he was in town and I just happened to have that time available. And then, uh, I mean, it's lunch. So, <laughs> right. so I was like, sign me up. But he brought us the cutest little baskets with food. And y'all, let me tell you, I've been eating that candy. Me too. And I had to bring Colby some because I was seriously eating all the Reese's. Like, that's what he put a lot of mine in because that's what I knew. Like, he was like, what's your favorite candy? I was like, anything Reese's. And he put anything Reese's. Um, those, those M&M's and Airheads did not last long. <laughs> so thank you so much for our candy and sorry I missed you. Well, and now I'm using uh, the the tote, like the little basket he put it in because it was super cute. I'm using that on my island for my soaps. And wow, I said that weird. For my soaps and like my little dish rag or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's all festive. Yeah, that threw me. They got to be like bread only for things. Like for pets. But like how did that... It's probably like a, an am- amalgamation of animals. It's probably like... I don't know, a mouse and a rat together make a hamster. I don't fucking know. Well, I would feel like it would be more of a guinea pig. Well, I don't know. Animals. (laughs) Y'all tell us, please. Why do I keep trying to spell hamster with a P? Hamster. (laughs) Because they hump a lot. Well, before we get into our stories, we got to talk about Care Of. Because this episode is sponsored by Care Of. If you haven't heard us before... We're going to tell you again, Care-of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. It's starting to be fall. You may be wanting to start a new routine, focus on habits, make some changes, whatever you're thinking with this new season. Well, Care-of is there to help you. You'll start your wellness journey with a quick online easy quiz where you're just going to answer a few questions about your lifestyle and your health goals. Who doesn't like talking about themselves? And you know what? If your needs change, you can retake the quiz at any time and get updated recommendations based on your new goals. My favorite thing about Care Of, aside from the personalization, is that it provides you with vitamins on the go. It's individualized daily packets of your recommended routine, so you can literally just keep it in a purse, keep it in a bag, keep it at your desk, whatever you need to do. And like Carrie said, it's the fall, so that means there's going to be traveling for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and you don't have to schlep all of those around because it comes in individual packets. You don't have to take six bottles of vitamins, you just take your little daily packets and there you go. I feel like if my mom was alive, she would have care of in her purse because she had everything you ever needed in her purse. Absolutely. Care of is super convenient and it has made taking your vitamins super easy. And I've actually done it because the packets and all that are so convenient. 
yeah, Kara breaks down the barrier. You know, you're like, yeah, I need vitamins. Yeah, I need this. But I don't want to, again, you know me, I don't want to put on bra. I don't want to take off my slippers. I don't want to have to go and peruse the aisles and try to think about what I need. No, I'm just online, take a quiz, and you know, answer those questions. And then it's shipped directly to me monthly. So if you want to get in on these doctor back recommendations of the vitamins and supplements that you need, you've got to go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code CREEP50 at checkout and you're going to get 50% off your first Care Of order. That's TakeCareOf.com, T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com and enter code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order 50 freaking percent off so go to takecareof.com and enter code creep 50 for 50 percent off your first take care of order when people think of microdosing they get scared because they think oh i I don't want to get high but that's not the point the point is to get you to feel the right amount of good to alleviate that pain to alleviate that stress and I wish I had microdose gummies when I was doing role playing for my job. You know, you have to do calls and I get so nervous because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I broke out in hives. My anxiety level was through the roof and I needed something that could just take that edge off. Well, microdose gummies would definitely help you with that. And you know what else it would help you with, ma'am? Your menstrual cramps. Yes. Oh my gosh. But it also helps with other pain like arthritis and just different types of chronic pain just to help you, you know, kind of take the edge off. Get through the day without feeling like you're struggling. And they're gummies, so it's not like you're swallowing a pill or anything. They're going to taste good. It's like a little treat for you and for your body because being healthy doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to taste bad. And y'all, I love a gummy. So I am super, super excited about microdose gummies. Another thing you can do with microdose gummies is to help you feel more present. You can focus more because sometimes we do, like our brain is too scattered. We're, you know, that's the only cardio we do is we let our brain run. But with microdose gummies, you can just settle down. Calm that anxiety. Calm that hamster wheel brain calm everything that is making you not be able to be present and in the moment. And did I mention I love a gummy? But honestly, I'm super excited about micro gummies to help with like my bladder pain and you know, well, anxiety because I am a ball of anxiety. Well, Carrie and I joke that we would be thought of as witches because we can tell when the weather is about to change, when it's about to rain, all of that in our joints and You know, again, we just laugh because that's something that they would say, witchcraft. Mm -hmm. But now we just know, oh, we have arthritis. Oh, we have, you know, any inflammation, anything like that. But here's the thing. We can relax on those days like, oh, it's about to rain. Let me pop a fourth of a gummy in and take that edge off. Again, it's just to help you feel better throughout the day. And like I said, microdose is available nationwide. So to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code CREEP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. The link can be found in our show description. But again, that is microdose.com. 
M-I-C-R-O-D-O-S-E dot com and code CREEP for free shipping, yes please, and 30% off your first order. You are not going to be disappointed in these microdose gummies, so head on over to microdose.com and use promo code CREEP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. All right, I'm doing a story recommendation from Jeremiah B. in the Facebook group, and I have heard of this before, but just like referenced in movies or stories, never really, you know, the origin story or like the full story behind it. Can I say story one more time? So what I'm going to talk about is Kuchisake Ona, which is the slit-mouthed woman. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you're thinking. I'm picturing, like, the Joker from Batman. Yeah. Well, I found out that she's an Onryo, which is one of the ghosts that we hunt in the computer game. Oh. And, you know, Carrie's going to be like, what's an Onryo? Well, I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't. They're known to be vengeful spirits, like, full of resentment. And they're the type of ghost that has the ability to harm the living. Well, I would imagine so if someone cut her face. (laughs) And most of the time, they are women who have been wronged in life. So, Onryos seek the revenge and basically, like, collect the soul of their victim when they die. Kuchisake Ona. They're also now thought to be yokai, which is another type of ghost that we hunt in Phasmophobia. So the yokai are thought to be very antagonistic and mischievous and like basically what we call demons. So when people do see Kuchisakeona, they don't see a horribly disfigured woman like I described. Well, at least not at first. They see a young, attractive woman who is hiding part of her face with a fan or a mask, which isn't odd in Japanese culture. The young lady then approaches them and she asks them if they think she's beautiful. And that's when everything changes and things get deadly. So if you answer yes, if you say, yes, I think you're beautiful, She will rip the mask away, revealing her mutilated face where she has been slit from ear to ear and her mouth is bloody and everything you're picturing, that's what she looks like. So then when she reveals that, she says, am I still beautiful? And there's really not a right or wrong way to answer this because basically it ends up with you dying. What the hell? I'll get more into that in just a minute, though, because we're going to talk about the origin story. So back in the day, like during the Edo period, which was like 1600s to 1800s, that's where they believe this all originated. There is a woman who was beautiful, like breathtakingly beautiful, and she knew it. Okay, well, she caught the eye of a samurai and they soon got married And all was great until he actually had to go off to war. And he was gone for far too long for her liking. And the woman needed some admiration. 
And she didn't have Snapchat or Facebook to post pictures on. So she went around walking through the village and, you know, was flirting with other men. And, you know, the legend goes that she did ask them, do you think I'm beautiful? And when he came back from war, he was hearing from people like, dude, there is this fucking hot, hot lady. And she's as easy as she is beautiful. And like, you know, you've been away at war and you need to go get you some, okay? And turns out it was his wife. And in a fit of rage, he cut her mouth wide open. Okay, first of all, she shouldn't be having an affair while he's off at war. Like, fuck off. However, this motherfucker comes back for war and has an affair and it's okay? It's not. No, it's not. It's definitely not. But now, that was just some of them, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I hate this story. Well, so he slits her from ear to ear, like I said. And basically, he was like, good luck finding someone who thinks you're beautiful now. And then he basically banished her. And so she walked through the village and all the people, you know, she had flirted with, all the people who had liked her because she was beautiful, didn't help her. They turned their back, you know. Just acted like they didn't see her. And she ended up dying from her wounds. She bled out. Now, another story said it wasn't her husband, but instead it was a jealous woman who was intimidated by her and mutilated her face to steal her beauty. But from that origin story, we now know why she goes around, you know, being like evil and asking that question. Do you think I'm beautiful? And like I mentioned, there's no right or wrong way to answer her question. So if you say, no, she's not beautiful, she will immediately attack you with either scissors, a sharp knife, and just like chop you up. If you say she is beautiful, and then, you know, she reveals her face, and then you answer she's not beautiful after, she'll kill you. Okay, so if she says, do you think I'm beautiful, and you say no, you die. If you say yes, and then she reveals herself, and you say no, you die. Yes. But if you say yes after her big reveal, she then slices you just like she is. So basically like, oh, you still think I'm beautiful? Well, here, you can look like me. But also, sometimes she'll then follow you back home or to the hospital or wherever and then kill you in your sleep. Well, that seems a little aggressive. <laughs> But that reminded me of my favorite line in Puss in Boots. And it's when... (laughs) Puss in Boots. Okay. I thought you were going to say ever after. So when you said Puss in Boots, I was stunned. Was not expecting that at all. Well... Didn't even know you had seen that movie. (laughs) Well, it might have been him and Shrek. But I'm pretty sure it was in Puss in Boots. But... It's when he had gotten to extra large pizza status because he was like living his life like it's golden at the castle. There's a mouse because he's like doing the preview. And so there's a mouse that comes along and he like just kind of looks at it. He goes, eh, I'll get him later because he's lazy. Yes. And I always will say that fucking line because it cracks me up. So like if I'm just being lazy, I'll be like, eh, I'll get him later. Um. And that's what I felt like for her. She's like, okay, I'll slice you. You're going to have this smile. You're going to be disfigured, but I'll get you later too. True. Okay. I did know that you quoted that part. So maybe I did know that you'd watch that movie. But <laughs> like I was expecting 
ever after, and then you, like, say some obscure fucking cartoon movie. <laughs> anyway, there have been people who say that they have met Kuchisaki Ona and lived to tell the tale. And they did this by different, like, variations, okay? Like, these people were just thinking on their feet. Well, if she says, do you think I'm beautiful? You can just be like, eh, you're average. And it kind of just, like, throws her off. Like, what the fuck? And in that split second, you can go. Now, she might catch you and you might die, but right then, you'll live, okay? Or you can throw some hard candy at her. It's a certain kind of candy. I think it's, like, Becco Ami candy, question mark. But it's like... When I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, my mama used to love hard candy at uh, Christmas time. It was like that ribbon candy Mm -hmm. and it would be mixed in with like just some hard pieces and stuff. She loved it. And that's what it looked like to me, just like hard candy. But if you throw this at her, apparently that's her favorite. And she'll be like, oh, got to get it. And... She'll bend down. So she's me like, oh, candy, hold on. I'll kill you later because I need this candy first. Uh, And so then you can get away. Or you can just fucking bamboozle her because if she says, do you think I'm beautiful? You say, do you think I'm beautiful? So you just kind of like, you know, mind fucker. Mm -hmm. But again, if you do this, you're not guaranteed to live. You're guaranteed that you can run, run, run. But she might find you. This is giving me very much like um, Beauty and the Beast vibes where the lady like approached the house and was like, do you want to buy a flower or whatever? Oh, yeah. And he's like, no. And then he gets cursed. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to come out and say this. Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to get canceled. <laughs> like for sure this time. No. I just don't think the beast from Beauty and the Beast is that handsome. As a beast he is. <laughs> like, okay, that I'm says way, so much about you. I'm way more into his big, strong physique as a beast than I am as, <laughs> as a prince. Okay, now we might get canceled for you saying that. <laughs> am I furry? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh, but I do love when they curl his hair and yeah. he like, does all that. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like him better as the beast than like. It- okay, so you say I have issues and you just agreed with me. But I'm saying I like him as the beast, like his personality and stuff. And then when he turns into a human, like. He says no words as a human. How do you know yeah, what his that's personality what I'm is? Like, fucking doll. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> Give your like the movie ended. How do we know he's dull? There was like a Beauty and the Beast too. They had uh, a Christmas special. Okay, <laughs> what the oh, fuck, I didn't dude? You're such a Disney fan. <laughs> oh god, what what is happening? <laughs> I haven't ate. I'm fucking hungry. I don't know. If my brain is gone. I think I think this is the longest, shortest episode we've ever done. But tell me if y'all agree. Like, the Beast is just not. <laughs> he just doesn't do it for me. He's very dull. I mean, like, like I liked it more when he was on their captive. <laughs> a BDSM ship into it. 
Well, I'm just saying. Well, Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> you know. Like Prince Eric, I could get behind him. But he was dumb. Yeah, he was. But but the <laughs> I don't know. Just I'm We just gotta saying. move on. We gotta move on. Let us know. I don't know if y'all did know this, but we can do questions in Spotify. And that's gonna be our damn question. People are gonna be like what what the fuck and that's gonna make you listen to the episode they're gonna be like <laughs> and then they're gonna get to it and they're gonna go what the fuck did i just listen to but no we haven't even had cheesecake like <laughs> I-, I swear we haven't even taken a gummy <laughs> this is our normal bullshit <laughs> okay Whew. all right back to the slit mouth woman So even though the legend of Kuchisaki Ona is old, there is a flurry of sightings and stories that popped up in 1978 in Japan. And I don't know what sleepover these people had because they're all like school age kids, but it just started going from like one school to the next to the next about this legend. And, that you know, my uncle saw her, my aunt saw her. My mom survived, you know, all of this stuff. And with the younger elementary school kids, it got so bad that the teachers or adults would walk them home on their way from school. Like, okay, it's over and like no one can be alone. We are going to walk in a group. We're going to walk home because they were so scared. And then the police started to have to patrol the streets at that time because the kids were so scared. People were on edge. And then also because people were on edge, other people were like, oh, we're going to joke around. And so there was like a woman who dressed up like that and would like torment the kids and stuff. And so, you know, the police had to do their due diligence to keep order because hello, like that's going to creep the kids out so bad. Like, they already believe this, but then to see this woman... Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And, like, in school, they were taught that they needed to carry that candy, that Bekoami or whatever, so, like, they could just throw it to her or give it to her and distract her. And they were also taught the word pomade. I think that's the word. Anyway. Like, like the hair stuff? I don't think that's what it means, but, like, pomade... Fuck it might be. I don't know. But they were, that's a word. And that would scare her for some reason. Maybe it was hair thing because I think her hair was like in her face more. So maybe she was like, oh, don't style my hair. You'll see the. Oh, Lord. You know, it's like a magician revealing its tricks. Yeah. Anyway, they like learned songs to memorize that fucking word. You remember that I said a few people did survive? Well, there's a story about a boy who was taking a shortcut through the woods and he knew he was not supposed to be alone. And he had been warned if you're alone, and especially if you're alone in a remote area, that Kuchisake Ona might target you. But he didn't listen. And, you know, he's just going his merry way. Um, And then... She stepped out from behind a tree and confronted him and asked him, do you think I'm beautiful? Well, he fell down. He's me. He was fainting goat. <laughs> and she's like gazing down at him like, well, do you? And the only thing he could think of is that his parents had taught him that evil spirits could be banished by words. 
Instead of answering her question, he like chanted some devil curse. And it said, I banish you to the shadow of death. I corrupt you to the netherworld from which no one has come from. Into the dirt no being should ever cross. And he just like kept chanting that. And he was just thinking, oh, she's going to run away. Like, I'm going to get her. Like, you know, I'm not answering her question. Then all of this. But instead, there were hands that rose from the dirt and grabbed her by the legs. He really did call upon the devil, basically, and the devil held her down, was pulling her down. And as she sank into the earth, she was like, I'll be back and I will tear you to pieces. Now, there was no follow up, so I don't know if she did or if she didn't. But on Reddit, there was a post where the writer said that they were staying in Japan with their mom for three months. She was doing a project there for work. So one evening they were driving home and they were like, oh shit, we have no food for dinner. Like, let's just run and go to the grocery store and I'll cook it. Not me. I would be like, let's go get takeout. Yeah. Anyway, when they got to the grocery store, it was oddly empty and they were just walking down the aisle and at the very end, there was a woman who was picking up a carton of milk. And she had long, dark hair that covered her face. And from the distance, she was beautiful. And it's almost like otherworldly beautiful. And you're just drawn to her. But it was strange because she was just kind of frozen there. So as much as they were admiring her, they were also like freaked out. Like what's going on? So the mom knelt down to get a carton of milk too. And the woman turned her head to her. In this version, she said, do I look okay? And the the writer's mom just nodded. And the lady said, are you sure? And the mom just nodded again, was like, yeah, like getting this, let's go, we're going to eat. And then the lady just dropped what she had and walked out of the store. And so they were like, um, I think that was her, but it was just a weird interaction who knows but like while all of a sudden was she not saying the same thing and not hurting them yeah so then there was another person and this wasn't in japan this was in manhattan and they had went to like this little dive bar to get out of the rain and i mean it's recent so people were still wearing masks for covid and the writer didn't think anything of the lady who was sitting there on the bar stool wearing a mask in a black overcoat. The writer said they took their mask off to take a sip of their drink, but the lady never removed hers. Well, later, that lady ended up approaching the writer, and they talked just briefly. Then the lady in the coat explained she was from Japan, and she was here as a model, and the writer gave some information about their own life and that they had grown up in Japan just for a little bit when they were young. Well, then suddenly the lady in the coat asked if they would want to go outside with her. And the writer was like, it was like they were under a spell. They didn't want to go, but they were compelled to go. And so they agreed. And then when they got to like a corner outside, the lady turned and said, do you think I'm beautiful? And the writer just kind of nervously laughed and was like, I do. 
And then she removed her face mask and it was just like barely enough light that she could see that she had small, like tiny little pinpricks for pupils, very pale and like her hair, like because it was still kind of raining. So like her hair was like to her face and then the mask came down and then the writer saw the slit mouth woman. They said that their lips were so wide apart that like, It wasn't human, you know, and it was too many teeth. It was just, again, what you would imagine, that's what this person saw. And that's when they realized that she had been cut from ear to ear. And the reason why it looked like she had too many teeth was because her teeth and jaw were exposed through her cheeks. Oh, my God. Right then, when they see the sight in front of them, that lady, all the stories that they had heard growing up of Kuchisaki Ona flooded their mind. You know, they were like, okay, you're not supposed to scream. You're not supposed to react. Let me just say something. And all they got out was, uh, average. Oh, shit. And the lady in the coat narrowed her eyes, but looked confused. And during that moment, that writer took the moment and ran just ran, kept running, didn't look back. And they were okay. They never went back to that area, but they said they're always on edge because they always thought that it was an urban legend. But now they know she's real and she could be anywhere. So what if it's multiple women? You know, it's not just one woman who's doing all of this. It's multiple Onrios and yokai and all of that and the writer was like I've been on high alert since now here's the thing if you haven't heard of Kuchisaki Ona you have less of a chance of running into her god damn it Donna it's black eyed kids all over again it is it is but you know the more you do know about her your chances of encountering her slowly increase And so I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. Jeremiah B. is the one who recommended this. And I had to tell y'all. But like Carrie said, it's like the Black Eyed Kids story. So, you know, now you just have to be more mindful of your surroundings. And if you see a beautiful woman wearing a mask, look the other way. And it might be hard because it's COVID times. Masks are still being worn. But just look away. Don't engage. You know, better to be safe than sorry. I'm so mad at you right now. (laughs) Be mad at Jeremiah B. Damn you, Jeremiah B. (laughs) But if I had to learn about it and I have to be scared about seeing her, y'all do too. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing the wealth of knowledge. But while I was researching this, a lot of it said, if you think about when it said that it originated, back then the samurais were very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that. And then the women... Like, we're meant to be beautiful, but but you couldn't be vain. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you have to be beautiful, but you have to think you're not. Right. So you can submit to me and belong to me. Well, that's still the case now, honestly. Right. And then the origin that said that it was a lady who did that. You know, again, it was about the beauty standards of you having to be beautiful. And what if this person didn't have the best life because she wasn't beautiful and she got jealous and did that, you know, mangled her face. Yeah. 
But then another story, I didn't mention this because I just saw it in a one-off thing, but they said that she had gotten plastic surgery, but it had like went awry and it was kind of like a warning of being natural beauty. Don't alter your appearance in any way. You know, so I mean, urban legends are cautionary tales. The more you talk about them, though, like how Slender Man, we talk about creating a tulpa from talking about it so much. So I think that's where they get, like, the more you know about Kuchisaki Ona, the more real she becomes. And you don't want to hear some lady ask you, do you think I'm beautiful? Well, no, I don't because I have my own issues too, ma'am. But also, I always will, like, compliment people and I'm like, I don't want to do that to a stranger now. Cause she'd be like, you do hold on one second. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think urban legend too, but I do think that it has a lot to say that on and yokais and all of that, it's mostly females or people who have like really been traumatized and stuff. And they're having to seek their vengeance and their revenge, you know, just be better to people. Well, and it's just so, speaks to like the patriarchy that of all the things like but like urban legend rooted in truth you know right and in and fear too Mm -hmm. and also maintain your place in in life and like you said don't alter your appearance or like know your role as a woman don't cheat on your husband because then he'll like disfigure you you know okay so my story tonight's actually not that long because there's not a ton to this story But I heard it on TikTok, and I was like, I feel like I've heard this before, but I got to do it. Did they have the three-minute or the 10-minute video? Like 60-second. Oh, Lord. All right. So, do you remember when we watched that movie, Diary of the Wimpy Kid? Yes. Okay. There was a guy that starred in that. His name was Ryan Grantham. Do you remember him? Yes. Do you know this story? Yes. I hate you! (laughs) No, I've only seen it... Where they're talking about, like, stars that have done stuff or yeah. have died, have done that. And, like, I remember, because I was like, oh, The Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Like, we watched that movie. I love that movie. That is one of those movies that I wish I could watch again for the first time. I don't know why. I just love that movie so much. But, okay, so Ryan Grantham started his acting career very young, like, at nine years old. In 2010, he did star in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And... He's been in a bunch of things, actually, but but always smaller roles. Not necessarily, like, super supporting cast, but, like, he has a lot of roles. Probably most famously was The Diary of Wimpy Kid and Riverdale. I watched the first season, maybe some of the second, but I ended up not getting WB or CW yeah. because DirecTV, yeah. like, stopped doing it, and so I haven't. I listened to this podcast called Save Your Sorry, and it's about stars like you were saying and apparently his character on Riverdale like if I tell you who it was it's a spoiler so not telling you that but then he was in Supernatural, iZombie and then well like I said Diary of a Kid. So when all this story takes place he's in his 20s at this point and he's going to college but he's having a little bit of a hard time because his grades had dropped some. He just wasn't doing super well mentally. He was smoking a lot of pot and just the mental health issues that he was having were just escalating exponentially. He was having a 
hard time with anxiety, depression, and just self-loathing. But as the time went on, these feelings became more violent. Violent towards himself, violent towards others, and it just got to a point where he was really struggling. Because he was struggling so much, like he was super close with his mom. I don't think his dad was in the picture from what I can tell, but he was very close with his mom and lived with her from, from again, what I can tell from the story. And he was very afraid that she was going to find out how bad he was doing, again, mentally and how his grades were slipping and that he had been smoking a lot of pot. But like I said, you know, he's in his 20s. This all takes place in like 2020. And he lives in Canada. So I just don't feel like it's really that big of a deal that he was smoking pot. Unless it was like this ungodly amount where he was losing control over, like he was, his grades were failing and all that because he was just staying high all the time. You know, that would be no different than just like drinking all the time, you know. But I just feel like, okay, so you smoke pot. It just wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. But on March 31st of 2020, the violent urges just became too much for Ryan. He started thinking more about hurting his mother because he was ashamed of the ways that he had been acting and his perceived failures. And he just didn't want his mom to have to experience that or go through that. So in his mind, he wanted to save her from the shame, embarrassment, and hurt that he was going to cause her. So Ryan had decided that he wanted to kill his mother, but it was like he wasn't quite sure he wanted to kill her, but he knew he wanted to kill her, but it seemed like he had a lot of back and forths. Because I think even in whatever mindset you're in, it's your mom. Right. And so it's like, yeah, I'm doing this to save her. So he still loves her. Right. It's not out of anger. He's thinking to save her, but I have to kill her. Right. So that definitely gave him pause. And on March 31st, he had a lot of chances to think about it. And he would load his gun and unload his gun. He had a 22 caliber rifle. And like I said, he was just back and forth, loading it, unloading it, loading it, unloading it. He would go sit on the stairs at their townhouse and just think and then load his gun again. Well, there is actual GoPro footage of this day. From what I can tell from Reddit, it's not really been released, but there are some like YouTube videos. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch them, but from based on Reddit, it says that there's YouTube videos with the audio. That's not something I want to listen to, so I'm, I didn't I didn't even try. So he filmed it? Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't think he filmed the actual act, but he filmed the lead up to like he filmed himself standing in the mirror trying to like talk to himself about it it showed him walking up behind his mom with the gun in his hand like multiple times and then he would like walk back away so like there were multiple occasions that he was like literally holding a gun to his mom's head with her like behind her back so she didn't see him and then he would like not do it oh my gosh that is just like the most eerie thing one of the most eerie things I think I've ever heard yeah I just picture it like as a scary movie and just that intensity that you feel watching that in a movie and it's like but this is real fucking life 
Unfortunately, though, while his mom was playing the piano, Ryan walked up behind Barbara Waite and shot her point-blank execution style in the back of the head. Oh, my gosh. From there, there's actually more GoPro footage of him walking around, like, aiming the gun at the mirror. And then in the footage, I got this part off that Save Your Sorry podcast. He'll just say, like, I just shot my mom. And then, like, he's standing in the mirror and he says, you thought you were so tough. And to me, it's like he'd been planning this for a while. And it's like he thought he had the courage. But once he did it, and I use, like, air quotes around the word courage because he shot his mom but it was like once he did it reality set in and he was like holy fuck I just killed my mother and he panicked and he like it wasn't what he thought it was going to be it's real and not whatever delusions and whatever he was thinking Mm -hmm. and it's like fuck my mom is dead now yeah and he even says later like the only person in the world that loved him is dead now because of him. I think people get so caught up in the, this will solve everything. I'm going to save them from something, but then they don't think about what next. Then. Right. Well, even like the, um, the list murders, we did that before. And the dad literally killed the entire family because of the financial situations that they were in. And to save them from that, you see that a lot typically with finances and it's like they've destroyed everything, spent all the money. And so they just kill them instead of facing the consequences of their actions with the finances. Right. So after Ryan killed Barbara, he writes in his diary that he is super sorry that he killed his mom. And he talks about his sister, Lisa, and just like how sorry he is to her for everything that happened. And then he talks about how, like, literally in his journal slash diary, he says, like, that there's footage of him from all these films that they're going to use against him. And I think what he's trying to say, I don't think he's talking about the GoPro. Like, I think he really is talking about his films and stuff that he had been in, like, in the news cycles that they'll show all those. Mm -hmm. And I really think he thought about, like, how people would be like, oh, well, he wrote in a diary and he was in a diary of a wimpy kid, you know, like. I think that's what he was talking about, but what do you think? Well, I was just thinking, like, Supernatural, Riverdale. Like, it has that underlying, like, that, like, darkness right. with it. So, like, you know how they say, like, if you play a lot of shooter games, like, yes. it could affect you and all right. of that. Well, and, again, not, like, not to spoil anything, but one of the characters he plays in some of the stuff, there's, like, some issues with the parent and, you know, all of that. So, it's, like... Is it his characters come to life? You know, that kind of thing. And I know I'm very, being very simplistic with like, oh, he was wrote it in a diary and he was in a diary. Of, you know what I mean? I know that's being very simplistic. But people will try to find connections. And I think that's what he was saying. But with all of that of him looking in the mirror in the GoPro and saying you're not as tough as you thought you were and writing in his diary and all of that, after he killed Barbara, he went out bought beer, bought pot, and drinking went to bed. Wow. But the very next day, it's like he felt remorse again because he laid his mom out with a sheet and lit candles around her. And I heard put a rosary on her, but some stuff said like on the piano. And then he wrote a note that basically 
said that he took everything from her, so he wanted to do something nice by, like, putting her in, like, almost like a ceremonial type pose. Yeah. Then he got in his car with three guns, a shit ton of ammunition, and 12 Molotov cocktails and camping supplies. Oh, my gosh. Where the fuck... In Canada, of all places, did he get 12 motherfucking Molotov cocktails? I don't know. I mean, he could just make them. I think so. Oh, okay. I don't know shit about shit. It's just like gas, right? And like a thing and you light it and throw it? Yeah. Y'all know we've got issues with guns in the States. But other countries, like it's so much harder to get guns and ammunition. And he had a lot. Yeah. He had a lot of guns and a lot of ammunition. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get all this? Yeah. Also, tell me why I forgot, like, his mom was dead when he went to bed. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I just thought, like, he went somewhere else. But no, he he went to bed with... In the house with her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, unfortunately, Ron had a plan. He was heading towards Ottawa to kill Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. Oh, my gosh. He said basically, like, he wanted to do something big. And so that was what he set his sights on. He made it to a place called Hope, British Columbia, when he was like, yeah, you know, that's probably not a good idea. So he turned around, and he was like, okay, instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Simon Fraser University, do, like, a mass shooting at a school, Or I'm going to go to this place called Lionsgate Bridge and I'm going to like throw the Molotov cocktails off to just like cause mass destruction. Whoa. So those were his plans. And I don't know what changed his mind, but instead he actually took himself to the Vancouver Police Department. He's sitting there in his car, very distraught. A police officer sees him and is like, hey man, you okay? And he's like, I killed my mother. And so they get him out of the car, arrest him, all the things, find all the guns, all the ammunition, all the explosive devices, and he's arrested. Unfortunately, on April 1st of 2020, Lisa, Ryan's sister, finds her mother's body. Oh my gosh. And, you know, she goes on in her, like, victim impact statements. She says that Ryan is a dangerous person And that she is very fearful of him being released from prison. And she's like, her life has been ruined because of her mother's murder. And Lisa talks about that Barbara was her best friend. And that Barbara was actually, like, battling cancer. And she's like, of all things to take her, my brother killed her. Wow. Lisa said in court, it breaks my heart. She struggled so hard only to be murdered by her son. She was vulnerable and Ryan gave her no chance to defend herself. It pains me to know he was a danger to her life. So he clearly planned all of this, right? So it's like, this is like a first degree murder type deal. But Ryan actually took a plea deal. And because he took a plea deal, it basically took first degree murder off the table. And he pled guilty to second degree murder. Now, in Canada, that comes with an automatic life in prison. However, he is eligible for parole. Now, at first, the prosecutors were like, he needs like an 18-year waiting period before he can get parole. And Ryan's lawyers were like, what about 12? And the judge was like, how about 14? 
So Ryan was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 14 years. Are you fucking kidding me? So basically when he's like 38, he'll be eligible for parole. Now that doesn't mean he's going to get it. Right. But Ryan's quoted saying, I cannot explain or justify my actions. I have no excuse. It hurts me to think about how badly I've wasted my life. In the face of something so horrible, saying sorry seems so pointless, but from every fiber of my being, I am sorry. Since he's been imprisoned, he's been doing a lot of programs and stuff to rehabilitate himself for his mental health. Um, They diagnosed him with, like, depression and some of that stuff, but basically they were trying to say it was almost like a psychosis is kind of what it sounded like, that... For him to have, like, literally rationalized. He had to kill his mom in order to save her from his actions and all of that. It's like, I don't think he should get parole. At 14 fucking years, maybe 25. You know, he does seem very remorseful. He he is doing the things. He's putting in the work so far. I mean, it's been, like, two years. He's putting in the work in prison. But also, he killed his fucking mom. Wanted to kill the prime minister. And wanted to do a mass fucking shooting. Yeah, he was trying to do the most yes. damage he could. So I just I just feel like 14 years from everything I've seen, his sister doesn't want him to get out of prison at all. Right. And usually I feel like the family's like, you know, he was having a mental break or, or whatever. You know, that, I feel like that carries weight. And the fact that she's like, no, keep him in prison. He's he's dangerous. Yeah. It's just the, it's the GoPro footage for me too, that is just kind of my deal breaker with this, that it's like, he filmed himself doing dry runs of hit, killing his mom. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that is so creepy. Just the, I mean, he, him and he hauled on it or whatever that, okay. So he wasn't quite sure he wanted to do it, but that's still a lot of planning. Like, why yeah. did he have all these guns? I mean, he was like in a gun club and all of that. So, I mean, that's why he had guns and stuff, but it's like. I, I don't know. It, it's just the, it's the GoPro footage for me. It's, it feels narcissistic. It feels like this is a play where he's like, not like a acting play, but like, it's like a ploy. It's like a plot that he's trying to be like, I'm so remorseful when you think about what he actually did. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he's, he maybe actually be remorseful, but when you just, when you look at the things that he did, it's just like, is he really? I don't know. Well, and I know that's in Canada and, you know, it's not here, but I just feel like people get 14 years for fucking possession of marijuana. Yep. And I'm not saying that's right. You know, that's totally fucking wrong, but it's just, it just makes him murdering his mom seemed trivial. Right. People get more time. Danny Masterson got more time for rape. And he murdered his mother. And I get it's two different judicial systems. And Danny Masterson deserves. Oh. Every year. absolutely. But what I'm saying is he actually murdered someone. Mm-hmm. And he's getting less potential. Less time. He's, his sentence is not 14 years. His sentence is life. With the possibility of parole after 14 years. And that, again, does not mean that he's going to get it. He may spend the next 60 years in prison. We don't know. But he ain't going to spend life. Mm-mm. Again, it's it's the practicing. It's the walking behind your mother 
while she's doing something she loves, playing the piano, so she can't hear you because she's playing the piano, and you fucking are practicing killing her. Even if you're changing your mind and walking away and then coming back, like, I just, I don't know. It it makes me angry. Yeah. And then, like his sister said, Barbara just fought for her life, literally, in cancer. Because some stuff said she was, like, going through cancer, and some stuff said she had, like, just gotten in remission. So I don't know which is true. But whether she was going through it or in remission, she's, like, literally fighting for her life. And then you fucking take it? Yeah. Fuck all the way off, Ryan. I also feel like if he really... I mean, I'm not a mental health expert, but, like, if he was really going through a psychosis, I feel like it wouldn't have been as hard for him to do that. Like, he would have been like, I have to kill her. That's the end of it. I have to do it. Instead of the practicing and the plotting and stuff, it would be... It, it, like, you just do it. Yeah, like, I have to do this. Yeah, it's a, they can't get away from the thoughts. They can't get away from... The fact that it has to be done in their world, in their mind. And so they're just going to do it. They're not going to. But on the other hand, not necessarily. If you think somebody who has schizophrenia and they may know that what they're hearing is a delusion or they may know, you know. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's that cut and dry, but I do get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just so hard. And poor Barbara lost her life. And Lisa lost her mother. It's just not fair. And her brother, too, you know? Absolutely. Like, her life as she knows it is completely over. Well, y'all let us know what y'all think. Yes, and do you think that Donna's lady is an urban legend, or is she real? I do know that I'm gonna just not answer and run if someone says that to me. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and all the things. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.